Welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is, the That's Facts Podcast, with Clamp and Cougar. <laughs> nice one, man. It's your first and only one of the weekend. Hello, Connor. Hola. First of multiple wins this weekend. Not lie. Um, okay, well, welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is, the That's Facts Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Cougar, whatever you want to call me, with me today, as always, or with me in the middle of the night. Um, as always, my wonderful, wonderful co-host, uh, Clamp and Connor, and we are back for another installment of the That's Facts podcast. Um, this is a big week for all three of us. Uh, last year's Apple Cup episode was a little bit more flair, but this episode is a lot more special. It's a lot more interpersonal. It's us three talking about some great rivalries um, and some great football action. We're already two games behind. Two games did happen. During this Pac-12 slate, so we'll jump into those in just a moment. But before that, Connor, uh, who's still dead two weeks later, uh, any opening thoughts? Um, I, it's been the two games today were all right, but like other than that, it's been pretty good. As as you can tell, I am still suffering, and I'm gonna be waking up extremely early tomorrow and probably suffering even more. So, can't wait for that. Um, it's gonna be worth it in the end, though. Uh, and yeah, I'm exci- I'm really excited for this week's slate of football. Yeah, clamp any opening thoughts. Um, obviously, we all hope Connor gets better. Our condolences out um, <laughs> to him and his family. He is dead. Um, but um, well, um, I gotta say, it's kind of interesting. We're recording after um. So I don't have to do the whole Washington can make the Pac-12 championship thing um, because we have been eliminated from contention. Um, Damn. Which, um, yeah, I I think that helps us tomorrow night, though. No, like a distraction off the um, table. Well, in what should be a multi-score win. Um, And, um, yeah, so... Feeling pretty good about that. Um, and, you know, Rose Bowl still on the table. Um, if the Beavers want to do their thing, that would help a lot for those um, odds there. Um, and obviously we'll need USC to um, win their game. So, you know, a lot of still on the table for Washington. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's keep going in terms of talking about today's games while we have that opportunity. Um, Arizona State and ASU in the Territorial Cup. ASU going into Tucson. Uh, ASU was on a win streak coming into this game, I guess, what, three years in a row now? Well, they haven't lost since 2016, that I know. Oh, well, what, so 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So five straight, five straight for ASU yeah. coming into the day. Um, Arizona, though, they were favored by five coming into this game. We All three of us picked Arizona to win. Um, and they did. They handled their business. Um, this was a game where both offenses just kind of kept going back and forth, and uh, in, in like in a battle of two very incompetent teams, ASU just proved to be more incompetent. Late had an awful um, Trent Borgay turnover there, and I think it just runs an Arizona State quarterback. Trent Borgay is not good, but I still managed to feel bad for him week after week. Like, I mean, he just has nobody else on that offense besides X Holiday. Um, I mean, I guess Elijah Badger isn't bad, but, I mean, Elijah Badger wasn't bad when Jane Daniels was around. So, right. 
Uh, Geo Sanders is pretty damn good. Yeah, Geo Sanders is pretty solid. But, like, yeah. still, like, I still think the offensive line that ASU yeah. runs out there week after week is just nothing short of miserable. Uh, yeah. And so well, ASU sorry, just – ASU was going to win this game, period. I, I didn't really think that there was much of a chance. In Arizona, their offense was able to get back going after a disastrous week a week ago. And, and they, I mean, they should have gotten back going. I mean, the, the defense that Arizona State has is it's not good at all. So, no. yeah, this game went about how I expected uh, scoring, entertaining, and uh, the incompetent, more incompetent team lost. Yeah, so, obviously, being from Arizona, I'm pretty passionate about this football game. Um, not passionate enough to take the day off over Thanksgiving or Apple Cup Day, but I care. Um, I would have liked to be there. Um, but um, big game for Michael Wiley. Arizona goes 5-7 and seven on the season, um, and we'll do see full season recaps. But I'd just like to say um, this is a very nice step in the ne- right direction for Jed Fish's group. Um, would have liked to go to a bowl game, of course. You could have had... I mean, there's a lot of just games in Arizona's schedule where if this happens or that happens, maybe you've got a shot, and they're just a few plays away from um, being a better team. Um, I'd say especially the Cal game is one they just let get away from them um, with the Jaden Ott performance that happened that day. Um, And on the ASU side, I mean, I don't want to say who cares because – yeah, I mean it's the it's the territorial cup. Of course, you care, but uh, as it relates to just football reasons, I don't think ASU could have had any higher expectations for this game. Um, no coach. Um, <laughs> no coach. <laughs> no <laughs> look of a man with no coach. Um, no, so. And there's a lot of smoke around now. Kenny Dillingham, will he take the job next week um, to go to ASU? That's the time frame in which ASU is looking to make a hire. I don't know if it'll be announced. I don't know. But um, there's already guys um, – there, there's already guys um, like – Manny Wilkins um, tweeted today, just point blank, Kenny Dillingham, period. <laughs> um. So, obviously, there's a lot of support from a guy who wasn't great at ASU, but definitely a catalyst in that program for a long time. And apparently, um, there is smoke that um, Kenny Dillingham wants to hire guys like Mike Bercovici, if you remember him. Mike Bercovici, um, oh yeah. my god. Um, <laughs> and Taylor Kelly, if you remember him at ASU. I don't know um, Taylor Kelly, but I am very familiar with Mike Bercovici. That's yeah, um, Taylor Kelly was also a quarterback at ASU from 2010 to 2014. Um, did he? Was he ever the like starter? Those are the Berkovici years, so no. Yeah, always my, okay. <laughs> number five. No, number two, Berkovici. That's funny. No, 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 no. Taylor Kelly was a um, three-year starter at ASU. Okay, really. Yeah, and then when he graduated, you got Berkovici from like 2015 on. So Berkovici was his bet. No, it looks like based on the stats, it looks like Berkovici replaced him yeah, in 2014. I remember, I remember, yeah, I remember Berkovici having that game against um, USC where they had the the Hail Mary. Berkovici was their their quarterback. Yep, 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 yep. 
Okay, so yeah, Bert, Mike Bergevici replaced Taylor Kelly. Um, people were talking about Jalen Strong, but um, he tweeted out, no, I don't want to coach ASU at ASU right now. I would assume receiving coach. Um, but yeah, I think Kenny Dillingham would be awesome. And I'm sorry that I kind of got away from like talking about the game, but Jackson, you pretty much covered it up. It, oh, Mike, I didn't. We, I did not mention Michael Wiley. He had an incredible game. He had seventy-two yards. Oh yeah, two hundred fourteen yards on the ground, three touchdowns. He was him today. Yeah, he was a, really good. On a bad day for um Jaden Delora, to be honest, um, which is, he looked pretty mediocre against ASU's defense. He's still which seeing ghosts from a week ago. Yeah, I mean, he really was. Um, by the way, I was at that game a week ago. We didn't cover last week's games ever. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Well, I was kind of we wanting to get. I was kind of wanting to get in today's game, and then we'll talk right. about last week. And then we'll... You want to talk about last week? Still, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's like it is just about Saturday of the next week, so it's like, do we even talk about last week anymore? No, we can. Uh, UCLA okay. survived a, a really horrible game against Cal today. They had no business playing that poorly. <laughs> they looked awful. Um, but, I mean, they found a way. They still tried to give it away late. Cal had the ball one last possession. They took the first down on a little dump-off play. Well, before all of this, UCLA decides to go for it instead of kicking the field goal, take a 10-point lead. They don't get it. Uh, Cal ends up in a fourth down situation. Jay Knott gets it underneath. He gets the first down. Instead of going down, giving an offense some chance to get down the field, uh, he fumbles the football. <laughs> UCLA picks it up and wins. Um DTR submits his legacy as an inconsistent quarterback today. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and, I mean, UCLA barely escapes. They just didn't look good at all. Go for it, Connor. Um, yeah. <coughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> I, dude, I can't. It's it's bad. I'm sorry, bro. Um, uh, yeah, this game was, I mean, I've been a UCLA hater this whole year, and this kind of proves my case. Um, DTR played like 2019 DTR. Um, and for how good of a game Ott had, that last play kind of sums it up for Cal season in general. Years that close, and then you just mess it up like that. Um, overall, I'm very disappointed in UCLA's performance today. Um, although they did get the win, and that is all that matters at the end. Disappointing in general, and I think that I, I don't think they have a lot of momentum going into this bowl season, if I'm being completely honest with you. I'm kind of worried for what's in store for them in the next game or two. Honestly, if, but if they play a Big 12 team, I'm not worried at all. I think they'll run them out of the stadium. Unless Big it's Texas. Horrid conference. Yeah, unless they end up drawing Texas, which would right. be a bit right, Yeah, they are both 8-4, but I just see Texas getting shoved into the Alamo Bowl. They might put Kansas State in that game, though. Well, if and Kansas if, State if Kansas State loses the championship game, I think that's where they end up. Yeah, and um, if the if the Alamo Bowl ends up being Kansas State and Washington, that's gonna piss me off, dude. Yeah, because you're gonna win that game by forty five, and I'm gonna be able to just talk about how terrible Kansas State is, and you'll be like, no, they're not that bad. I mean, they only lost to Washington by three hundred forty five. Thank you. Anyways, um, okay, so um, Justin Wilcox this offseason, and again, I'm going to get into talking about coaching when I probably shouldn't, when I probably should talk about the game. Um, well, Cal really needs a new offensive coordinator. Um, did they end up firing Musgrave? Yeah, they did, right, they after, did. The, right after the Colorado game. 
Right, right. Awesome. Because they're going to get a new um, – a new. Uh, I believe they're going to get a new OC this offseason. I don't think whoever the interim is is keeping their job. Um, I think Cal could hide – and this is on off Cal's boards. Um, they're thinking Kirby Moore, who is the OC of Fresno State and just would be another like DeBoer – um disciple of sorts moving up a lot of people from that offense are just moving upwards in the college football coaching scene um i could see them um hiring this is gonna be bad um this would be a bad hire but one i could see them making um junior adams i think is gonna get an oc job Um, and I don't think he deserves it, but he's currently the co-OC at Oregon and everyone's just raving about him because of the recruiting. Troy Franklin ran out of bounds, dude. I mean, what receivers on Oregon are getting better except for Troy Franklin this year? Who got better at the wide Uh, receiver position? Who really got better? Hudson, but that's not that hard because he was pretty ass for year one. Yeah, but in Chris Hudson's role in the offense is – um, five yard curls. Bro. Yeah, I mean he's still a troll player. He's very unserious. Yeah, and then Chase Coda, he's no better than he was. Um, he did get hurt, but still, when he was playing, it's like oh, Chase Coda. Wow. Um, <laughs> that, was that was really disrespectful. That was that was fucked up. <laughs> That was a You're not um, wrong. Yeah, though. I can see um Kirby Moore, Junior Adams being options as OC. Maybe someone off Washington's staff, but I don't think Ryan Grubb would take the Cal OC job instead of just staying with DeBoer at Washington. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and I and I don't really see any other Washington coaches as offensive coordinators. Really, maybe Jamarcus Shepard gets a coordinating job. Um, That'd be cool. I think he deserves it. I just don't think this is the year, you know. Um, and I don't. I don't. I hope he doesn't stoop down to Cal. Yeah, I think but, he can um, hold out and get a better job later. Yeah, and Cal's such a hard place to recruit and such a hard place to win. I think Justin Wilcox is a good head coach, by the way. I don't dislike him at all. Um, I don't think he's a decent head coach. I don't think like he's yeah, not good's bad. a little strong, but he has some winning seasons at Cal, and he has competent quarterback play. And I'm hoping Kai Milner can be that next year. Um, I think he can, and as long as he has those receivers, I think he. Yeah, yeah. Cal has some. Cal has some stuff to be excited about. Especially they need to the way uh, line, especially the way Jeremiah Hunter's been playing. That yeah, dude has been awesome. insane. That was a lately. great call, Connor. Yeah, very, um, very, very good call. Hunter's able to come back next season, right? Yeah, yeah. Very nice. That'll help. If he doesn't enter the portal. Well, he's. In his third year, I was thinking maybe he could enter the draft. But he's not quite there statistically, but I think he's one of those guys that could perform really well in the combine, like three-cone drill and stuff, because he's got good agility, good change of direction, all that stuff that's going to get him boosted on draft boards. Um, I don't see him as any worse of a like draft target than like Amari Rogers was coming out of college. Yeah. Out of Clemson, but and he's now cut. That's out of Clemson, so now cut. yeah, he got um, cut last week. <laughs> well, yeah, he's horrible, but he's yeah. been terrible in the NFL. But I'm just on a level of yeah, getting drafted, just getting drafted, not <laughs> being good. <laughs> right. Um, anyways, 
Yeah, we'll um, Cal's fan base stinks. The um, thread on their board for the UCLA game had 30 messages all game, dude. They um, don't have a fan base. For reference, the Washington-Colorado one on the Colorado board had 200-plus. They <laughs> watched their team lose 54-7 to and cared more than Cal did in a close game. Against a good Cal- football team. Scrolling through Cal's boards, most of them have zero replies, man. Yikes. It, almost board. all of them, actually, on Cal. They don't have a fan base. They actually – they only have one board, but they nobody's on it. That's why they only have one board. This, this is going to sound like a hater. I'm so glad RJ Jones decommitted from Cal. Well, yeah, me too. I, mean, I, I, I hate seeing talent like that go to a school like Cal because no one gives a <laughs> shit. Um. By the way, um, I did hear some recruiting smoke that Oregon was going to um flip a high-profile four-star or five-star from Washington. I gotta think that's gonna be um Jaden Lane, right? From yeah, um, that's that. <coughs> that's my guess, and I think that Lincoln. Um, I can't say his last name, but Lincoln K Lincoln is gonna. It, yeah, it, it's gonna flip to Ohio State as well. Yeah, yeah, or well, he hasn't been offered by them yet, but yeah. it just depends on if that happens. But I do think um, Link is. I mean, I wouldn't even be mad. I mean, it's Ohio no. State. Yeah, like I can't blame the kid. And with DeBoer, do I? Will I ever really worry that we will just have incompetent quarterback play? No, no. I just think. First of all, Dylan Morris has worked in this scheme, so if he works, then. I really, can. I yeah, like I really don't care who's behind center. Now that could lower our peak because Penix is really good. Um, and but I don't know. Maybe he can make Sam Heward start to look really good. Um, maybe. To. I mean, he has one. He's played one game, and it was not a good situation. No. <laughs> yeah, if you put him in against like a tear, if we put him in against Colorado for that whole game. And he got to play that game, then um, I'm pretty sure he would have been better off for the Apple Cup. The fact that that was his first start, what were what what were we cooking? Yeah, I mean, he had no chance. We should have just started Morris that game. Just you should have. We would have lost, but you would you wouldn't have lost by 27 had Dylan Morris. Oh no, um, we would have. Dylan Morris would have been. We would have lost. It would have been more painful though if Dylan started. I guess you were you had something to be excited about watching Sam Heward, but like we, we did, we did, and the our two, defense was so good, and like he, nobody helped him. I mean, that was yeah, the two um big deep passes we got. Boy, we are not, we may not have time to cover all of last week. Let me let's just we can just, I mean, we can genuinely just speed run them. I don't think we need to spend. Yeah, you you just want to go ahead and get into it, so we don't. Yeah, well, okay. we can. If Connor signs off, we can skip Oregon State. We can skip – we can honestly skip Stanford-Cal. We've already seen Cal play again in Stanford. Good God, dude. Um, yeah, that was a terrible game. Stanford yeah. joke. We don't need to talk about We can and all sign off on skipping Washington-Colorado. Yeah. I don't care. Washington's a lot, good yeah. Game. Yeah, Washington's um, a lot better. Uh, Arizona State's not good. Oregon State is good. Um Washington State, we can talk about their win real fast. Washington State's defense, man, they are on a roll right now. Uh, Forced Jaden Delora into four interceptions. My God. Oh, man. Okay. That, was, that was really fun to watch. Just that watch. 
And just watch. Just, yeah, just watch. And he was, I mean, just talking so much shit about any and everything. And he was making it all personal. And he ended up having the worst game of his college career. I mean, I, it, it is hysterical. And I'm personally, like, I'm, I think it's corny to, like, hold grudges against players, against people that you just, you don't know. Like, I think that's weird. Like, I, I, I've never had anything against Shane Delora. Like, I understand him leaving, whatever. But him trying to act like Washington State, like, did him wrong or something was just really weird. And him trying to play, like, the personal game, like, like this was, like, people hated on him or something. You were the only quarterback to beat Washington in a lot of Coug fans' lifetimes. People loved you, dude. People loved you. People wanted you to stay. People supported you like crazy. And for you to act like the university just had a the fan base and the coaching staff just had a grudge against you was a really, really horrid take. And you want to talk about why we started recruiting Cam Ward? It's because the dude, the dude behind you was a walk on. What? <laughs> <laughs> you just, I, mean, like, I mean, I don't know what else you expect. Um, the whole respect for Jane Delora went out the door, and I'm, I know he doesn't care. He's not supposed to, but it was really funny to watch that go down. Um, I couldn't help but laugh. Uh, Washington State just that thirty to twenty or thirty-one to twenty, excuse me, was not an implication of the score. It felt like four hundred to five. That game was just not close at all after about halftime. Yeah, so we don't really need to get into what happened on the field in that game. But we just need to know that Jaden Delora pretty much embarrassed himself. Now, Washington State sets himself up great for this week. For sure, yeah. I mean, they don't slip up at all. Now, Oregon and Utah and USC, UCLA were good games. Um, We'll get into these pretty quickly, though, in and out of them. I mean, because again, okay. games are played that are played tomorrow are what we really want to get into today. Um, um, awesome yeah. Dante Thornton game um, in Eugene last weekend. That's mm-hmm. what I remember from the game, um, and I of course, it. a terrible Cam Rising game. Yeah, good God, he was bad. And I if mean, he that's... was just okay, they win. Yeah, and that, that second half from both quarterbacks was really poor to watch. And Cam Rising doesn't have an excuse for it. Bo Nix was playing on one ankle. His first half was nothing short of miraculous. They should not have gotten that lead. They um, brought in they brought in Ty Thompson for one play, and he fumbled, and it was a fumble six. Yeah, yeah that was, he's uh, fucking trash. Yeah, that was, that was quite funny to watch. But, like, Oregon goes into halftime 17-3, to and it felt like they were in full control of it. Utah really couldn't get anything going offensively, and that, that trend continued for them for the rest of the half. They only scored one touchdown um, that entire game. <laughs> Their other touchdown was on that terrible Ty Thompson play. And mm-hmm. time and time again, after halftime, I think the commentator, Rod Gilmore, his first good point of his life, he was like, I think that ankle, once that ankle stiffened up for Bo Nix, that was about it. Like, literally, the rest of that half, I mean, he was hobbling. He couldn't get throws off. And Oregon's offense was completely stagnant, three points in the second half. Luckily, like Clamp said, I mean, just a terrible Cameronizing game. And that was really all that there was to this game. Just no offense. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a little bit. Tavion Thomas and the Utah offensive line needs to create better than 19 carries for 55 yards on 2.9 per carry. Yeah, um, so in slight, in very slight, Cam Rising defense, you were you. They took you. You Oregon was able to take Utah out of 
playing Utah football. Now, Jaquindon Jackson on three carries averaged 7.7 a carry. So, to me, it's like I need to see more than three carries from JQJ if Tavion Thomas is playing that bad. Um, Jaquindon Jackson is a legitimately good running back. Yeah, yeah he he's just he just didn't get it enough. And Jalen Dixon, the one carry he took, you now was like an end around, but still, like getting the ball to him in space worked. He scored an 18-yard touchdown, and he only had two catches. So Jalen Dixon's a guy you need to get the ball to. This was a poorly offensive coordinator. This was a poor offensive coordinator game from Utah who just decided, let's just force feed Dalton Kincaid, the, which isn't a bad idea most Not of the time. Not a bad time. idea, no. It, it, it worked against USC? Yeah, I mean. And it worked it, against Washington State until he died. Yeah, and, you know, it's not a bad idea unless the other team's got three dudes on him. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, the pick to the last pick to Bennett Williams was one of the most forced throws I've ever seen. The only time I can think of a moment like that is Dylan Morris throwing to Kate Otten and when we lost to Montana. I can also um, think of a moment like that week one of the season when Cam Rising threw that interception in the end zone. This is a common trend for Cam yeah. Rising. It's just yeah. four speed throws over the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, pretty pathetic there from Utah, but we can move. Utah just had so many chances to win this game and they did nothing. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. USC, UCLA, incredibly yeah. quarterback game, an incredibly fun game to watch. UCLA got out early, um, 14 and nothing. Um, but it's kind of one of those things where USC just kind of kept shooting themselves in the foot early. And you knew once they got going, there really was no turning back because they were still able to get down the field consistently in that first quarter against USC, or excuse me, against UCLA. They just couldn't get on, they couldn't get on the board. Um, uh, DTR kept giving USC the football. And when you give a good team, I, I I said this last week. This is part of the reason why I picked USC. Besides wanting them to make the playoff, uh, I they they were subject to force DTR to give them the football, and they did it multiple times in some of the worst since 2019 DTR style plays. I mean, these last two weeks we can say we've seen vintage DTR, which is I I, I, I mean after the game, yeah. I mean, the last three weeks after the game, I genuinely felt like bad for DTR, which is a weird feeling. But like the dude was I mean, the dude was hurt. He was emotional. There was a lot that went into that game. And so at the end of the day, I have a hell of a lot of respect for DTR after all the jokes I make, but it's just not a good game from him. And Caleb Williams, I think I think, I think, I think he should be the Heisman favorite right now. Um, just, and that guy is just so good at football. I mean, like some of the plays that he makes, it's just consistently miraculous. Like you see so many times, it's like, oh, there's no chance he makes this play here and he makes the play. There's no chance he makes that play again. He makes the play again. It's just consistently easy for him. He's like a wizard, man. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Austin Jones and uh, had a really good game today, uh, Saturday. I think he did a good job filling in for Travis Dye. I didn't. I was a little worried about how USC's run game filled in, but they had three guys who had really solid performances on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Jones, Early Brown, and um, Barlow. Darwin Barlow had some huge carries in this game, so it was just a really solid game for uh, USC all around, keeping the playoff hopes alive. Go ahead, Connor. Um. Yeah, I was for this game. I was actually. <coughs> I don't think DTR played too bad, uh, all things considered. I mean, he had some moments and he had so he has some good moments and he had some bad moments, and the bad moments came at the worst time as possible, unfortunately. Um, 
I've been getting a lot of criticism for my Jordan Addison takes, and I think that this game kind of proved me wrong a little bit. He did well. Um, I just think he hasn't been what people thought he was going to be this year, and he's been he kind of showed up in this one. Uh, on and, I mean, he had a hell of a game, but and I don't think he's been bad this season. It's just he hasn't been on the, the field consistently enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't really been on the field consistently. Kind of um, the victim of his surroundings. USC yeah. is so good, obviously. There's no reason yeah. to rush him back from injury or anything. Um, yeah. Uh, y'all can move to the next game. I got to go for like 30 seconds. All right. Yeah, um, I was just going to leave my take here for um, for the SC-UCLA um, game. USC is no worse without Travis Dye if Austin Jones keeps running like this. Yeah. That would be my main take. Um, from this game, Austin Jones twenty one. Austin Jones kept him balanced, man. So, yes, Travis dies very good, but um, you know this is an interesting stat. He averaged about six yards per carry, with his longest being thirteen. So that is just consistent six yards, six yards, six yards, six yards, uh-huh. and then like one stuff, and then one thirteen in there. Austin Jones is really good. Zach Charbonnet um, was pretty good in that game, but I feel like you needed like a vintage Zach Charbonnet 30-carry game to win it, and I feel like you had a chance to kind of get into yeah, that. Yeah, you're I up think they had it early. Yeah, I think they had it early. Um, and um, But after it was 14-7, to they were forced to um, – punt and there was yeah there was um oh i see there was a big false start that kind of took him out of their running game and um just kept matching scores from there hey, either way um pretty much you guys nailed everything else um addison really um starting to show what um starting to show what usc recruited him for and maybe um paid him for eh, who knows um yeah, Gordon Addison showing off there. Um, showing off his bag, baby. <laughs> I didn't say that. You did. And I ain't talking. I ain't talking about his skill. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, USC gets a big one. All right, we're gonna head into next week, and we're gonna start with Utah at Col. Let me pull up um, the DM so I can get our predictions down. Um, we've got. Utah and Colorado. Um, technically, Washington's last chance to make the Pac-12 championship game. It all comes down to Colorado. Let's go Buffs. Let's go yep. Buffs, baby. Then it happened. 72-3, Utah. I, this game just... You know what? I, hope, I, really, yeah, I really hope Colorado shows some heart, but... What I mean, what more do they have, man? And I don't think it's going to get any better next season or the season after that, or probably even the season after that. Well, if they hire Deion Sanders, then they might. Colorado isn't fucking getting Deion Sanders. Have you seen all the buzz lately? It's looking I've seen the buzz. It's not happening, boss. Yeah, I've got sixty-three to um one Utah. Mm. One point safety. Yeah, so Utah or sixty-two to one. My bad. So Utah put in their backup long snapper, and on the last extra point of the game, he's going to snap it all the way through um, Colorado's end zones to get us college football score agami. 
That's oh, great. Connor, that. are you popping pills on the mic right now? No. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> Dude, allow me, okay? I just hear uh, the sounds of pills in the back of my car. The Dad's Facts podcast has gotten dark. <laughs> yeah, that's facts after dark is dangerous. <laughs> All right, Connor, what you got for Colorado, Utah? 75 to 3. Nice. Uh, Colorado. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Utah. <laughs> Utah is going to absolutely obliterate Colorado. And unless Colorado pulls something out of like a like a magic hat, I don't think it's happening at all. All right. So um, we've got BYU and Stanford. Yeah, BYU, Stanford. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, BYU really um, is not great. They're um, not good. They, they're yeah, they're not good either. They they beat Boise State, which I was pretty impressed with. Um, uh, but then they gave up three hundred forty yards and three touchdowns to Victor Gabellis and Utah Tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they won the game, but um, that's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> you get dotted up by Victor Gabellis. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> So BYU is not that much. I'm just going to say they're not that much better than Stanford. No, they're not. But Stanford is also terrible. They are. I'm going to pick BYU 28 to 24, but don't get me surprised if Stanford does win that game because BYU is not good. Yeah, I'm going to go BYU. Excuse me. I'm going to go Stanford 16 to 13. That's that's why I score as well. Nice, great. Oh my Perfect. God! Why do we do Magic. this every single week? It's beautiful. You got Stanford um, as well, Connor. Yes, I do. Good. Yeah, I just I, BYU is just not good at football, and I think it's kind of one of those games of. I think Stanford just wants to. Do, I don't know. I, I don't have any logic for it. These are not. These are two bad football teams. I'm not going to waste my breath on them. I got send David Shaw off on a happy note. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be back next year, bro. Yeah, he is going to be back next year. They might fire um, Tavita Pritchard, though. They need to stop the RPO offense, man. Yeah, yeah it's God, bad. it's the worst thing I've ever watched. It's literally, like, gut-wrenching to watch them run offense every week. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I've stopped <laughs> watching them run offense. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I was today. forced to two weeks ago, and it was, God. Lord, yeah, it was, was just so much worse. October in September, and it was still probably just as bad. No, it, um, it was probably worse, to be honest. Yeah. All right, so um, we'll start with the game that doesn't involve any of us, but is important to all of us. You, see ya. Like Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame since losing to Stanford. Um, Speak of the devil, right? <laughs> since losing to Stanford, has not lost again. They've beaten powerhouses like Syracuse, Navy, Boston College, and Clemson. Um, and Clemson. <laughs> and Clemson, <was> <laughs> <laughs> um, Clemson, you know, just one of those two. UNL and Clemson, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and go pretty hand in hand. Um, no, Notre Dame, it's one of the weirder seasons I've seen. Because after they beat UNC and BYU, I was like, okay, they've turned their season around. Then the Stanford loss happens in between that and the five-game winning streak. What is Notre Dame this year? I, I don't know. I, I predicted them to get all their big wins this season, but, like, 
I can't say I was particularly surprised about the Stanford loss. I mean, really, I was it shocked. Felt, it felt on brand. I told y'all on the podcast. I thought Stanford was going to hang. Yeah, I you thought, did. I thought and then you I was going to lose by three scores. I sure did. I didn't think it'd be that bad, but I thought it would be competitive. <laughs> I mean, Notre Dame's offense. I didn't think they'd lose, but yeah, I mean, wait a minute. Notre Dame's offense has been just so. Yeah, I mean, their offense has been so bad at times this season. It's 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 you never know which Notre Dame you're gonna get. And like, because it's in the games that they win, it's not like they just grit them out. Like they score, they put up points in those games. They put up thirty five. Oh, well, I guess they put up twenty eight on Clemson at that pick six. Um, they put up twenty eight on Clemson. Really they, they, they put up good numbers against Syracuse. They put up points against North Carolina. They've been able to score, but they've also just been horrid on offense at the same time, at the same breath. I don't know what it is really. Um, During the and, winning streak, um, the kid that's really stepped up is um, Logan Diggs, the sophomore running back. From Louisiana, actually. Um, so these they've been getting him going all year. He's been getting carries, but recently um, he has two one hundred. He has um, three one hundred yard games in the past five weeks. He had eighty five. He had eighty five in the TD against Syracuse. Um, off game against Navy, and um, honestly, his success has kind of coincided with winning. Um, if you look at their game log. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, his stat line in the loss to Marshall, seven carries, seven yards. His stat line in the loss to Ohio State, which they would have lost anyways, four carries, nine yards. And then stat log against Stanford, only nine carries, 57 yards. So when you're getting um, Logan Dix to the ball 10 or more times, they've won every time. Um, They've done that. So, you know, key to the game, give Logan Dix the ball. And Notre Dame's got a good shot here. Yeah, but I don't think they're beating – I, I just don't see them outscoring USC. Yeah, I think USC can score point. on anyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just don't think that their offense is going to be able to keep up. We were talking about which Notre Dame we get. No matter which Notre Dame we get, I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up with, with the offense that USC uh, carries with them. 28 USC, and that's if we get the good Notre Dame. Yeah, I think I've got, I've got 45 to 31 USC. I just I, I really do think it's gonna to be too many points to handle for Notre Dame. And I think the score will be a little bit or the game will be a little bit closer than that score indicates, but I, I just think that there's gonna to be too much offense from USC. Agreed. All right, Connor, what you got? Uh for this game I have USC winning thirty I have USC winning thirty seven to twenty eight. I think it'll be a good game overall. Um I think this Notre Dame team has stepped it up recently for sure. Um <laughs> And but I think USC's offense is just way too good, especially with how Caleb Williams is playing. Um, and yeah, I have USC pulling it out in a um, tough one. Caleb gets another performance like that. He may in fact get the Heisman. All yep. right, so Connor, you're gonna take the floor as much as you can right now. Um, <coughs> um yeah. Shut up. We've got um Oregon, um Oregon at Oregon State in Fort Dallas. All right. Civil War. So. This is a, this is the biggest civil war matchup that I can remember in a very 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 long time. Um, two ranked teams in civil war that are and that is one of the most. It's gonna be one of the most competitive. It's gonna be one of the most uh, detrimental to the conference in a very long time. 
Um, I think both of these teams have a lot of pros and a lot of cons. I think if if Oregon were fully healthy, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too. I I would be a lot more nervous than I am. I'm not nervous as much as I thought I would be. I'm very confident, and I think that we can pull it off. Um, I think well, Nolan's out for the year, but I think Goldbranson's been doing good, and I think he's been if he's been getting better every week. I think for the most yeah. part, um, besides that Washington mishap with the bad wind, I think he's been really really good recently. Jack Belling's been stepping it up big time, and I think Oregon is, isn't too good at covering tight ends. They're not they're not too good at covering the pass in general. But I think if we can get the run game going, which we have been the last five weeks, David Martinez has had five straight 100-yard games, and he's well away from breaking, from tying Steven Jackson's record for six consecutive 100-yard 100-yard games, which is insane to me. I didn't think he'd be this good, although I thought he'd be really good. Um, I think our defense. Better I think than our Derrick Henry. <laughs> 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 Captain. Um. <laughs> I think um, this defense is it's going to be healthy this week, luckily. Um, from all I've heard, it's, it's going to be healthy. Uh, Austin should be back. But I think from what I've heard to the grapevine, I think Rajon Wright will be out this week, which is a tough loss, considering the fact that he is our second-best corner behind Alex Austin, and he is up there for Pac-12 all-first-team nominees. Um, it is a massive loss, but I think our DB depth is – Still really good. <clears throat> I think Jaden Robinson is going to step up big time in his role. He's been good off the bench. And is Oregon wide receiver? Is our Oregon wide receivers good? Yeah. Are they great? No. Um, Bo Nix is playing on one ankle still. He's going to be limited, most likely. Well, limited in the fact that he can't run as well as he usually does. And he's going to have to rely on his arm. And I think that that's going to be a massive factor in us being able to control the game. I think we're going to get the dub in research. Give me 24-21 beeps. Yes. All right. There you go. Much more confident than me going into our Oregon game. I came right on here and said, we are going to lose. The, fact, the, the, fact, the fact that it's in research helps me a lot, though. I'm going to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was facing the road and you know the ASU loss wasn't fresh but it was still there it still existed now mm-hmm. that is in the distance yes a game that does that does, does not count that it never happened and we don't have a loss like ASU we have three ranked right. we have three we have three good losses I would say yes I would say all of Oregon State's losses were to teams that they should lose to I would say like the acceptable losses and that's why Oregon State is a three loss team that is ranked um, because the committee sees that hey, USC, Utah, and Washington, with two of those games being on the road, pretty good. But what you, um, what Oregon State lacks, is a great win. Um, yeah, the best win is probably a reeling Washington State team um, at home, or maybe at Fresno State with a healthy Hainer, because Fresno's really gotten going late in this season. Um, but at the time, Washington State didn't even feel like a good win, <laughs> um, yeah. the way that they were playing and the way they played in that game. I mean, Ward went 25 of 54. It was just unserious Ooh. offense he played. Um, That's that a Tanner McKee stat line right there. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh, 
Izzy, we were talking about Tanner McKee being drafted and like what that looks like in the NFL, and yeah, really not, say I'm excited. That, for that's him. not happening anymore. I He's getting drafted. Player. I think yet. Well, I mean, I mean, there's a reason that Davis Mills is right on the bench currently. So yeah. Hey, Davis Mills is starting, man. No, he got benched. He got benched. Hey. For There's a reason Davis Mill was starting. <laughs> I don't know who he got benched yeah, for, but he got benched. Uh, benched for Kyle Allen. Oh, yeah, Kyle Allen, that's right. Kyle Allen is crazy. Yeah. Kyle Allen was like a big storyline in college football for like three weeks when he because he was Johnny Manziel's heir. Mm-hmm. And then he took over Cam Newton in the NFL for a little bit. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's just the Heisman killer. Um, <laughs> and now it's over move. another college football goat, Davis Mills. Need, need to bring him down to Atlanta. And, and former, for, <laughs> former number one quarterback in the country, Davis Mills. That's right. Better than two. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, we're talking about Oregon, Oregon State here. Um, I have a big problem with um picking Oregon State here, and it's. The fact that Oregon is amazing against the run, and they have been all season. Um, that is what I'm very, very scared of for Oregon State. Um, I figured – I picked Utah last week, and I figured Utah would just be so good in the run game that um, – by the way, congrats, Jackson, on the perfect week. Um, oh, yes, thank you. I appreciate it. The um, ability of Oregon to stop the run really showed out last week, and, and – that's scary for Oregon State. If you're going to be facing third and six, third and five, can Bengal Branson make that throw um, against Oregon? I want to say yes so bad because it would just um, – ob- it objectively it helps Washington for Oregon to lose this game. Mm-hmm. Um, because that – I think if Oregon wins this game, even if they lose to USC, I think Oregon's going to be heading to the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah. It'll be tight, and it'll depend on how the Apple Cup looks um, for Washington in probably a multi-score win, as I said earlier. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, Bo, I can only assume he's going to be getting a little bit better um, from his injury. Which is good. Bucky Irving's a terrorist. He's going to be good against anyone. I I am worried for Oregon State. I, our Oregon run defense State is good run too, really though. Well, and Oregon State can guard Oregon's receivers per, perfectly fine. Um, I think Oregon State's DB coach needs to um, be hired as a D coordinator. In one which one? We have like we 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 have like four. Whoever's coaching those corners. I mean, uh, Bryce Perkins. Uh, no, no not okay. Bryce Perkins. Uh, Bryce Perkins? No, no, no. Something. Per- uh, his last name was Perkins. Uh, no, no. Uh, Virginia quarterback Bryce Perkins. Rams starting quarterback Bryce Perkins. That's why he's in my mind right now. Uh, it's so funny as college football fans. Like we think of a last name and attach it to like a first name that has nothing to do with anybody else. Like, who the hell else would know Bryce Perkins? <laughs> like, there's three in, like, like, four college football. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anthony Perkins is his name. I'm sorry for the disrespect. Oh, okay. um, we, we, we hired him from Colorado State uh, during the offseason as, like, another secondary coach. Blue Adams used to be our, our corner coach, but he's now just secondary in general with, like, the safeties. Um, he's, he's good, too. 
But I think Perkins has been a huge help in there, and I think he could get some looks. Well, Jonathan Smith, he didn't, he wasn't under Coach Peterson long, but he learned from Coach Chris Peterson that your defensive back room can make or break your college football team. Yeah, and, and so far it's made it. Because, and Chris Peterson, my favorite thing about him was if that DB room was bad, that's when he got pissed off. And, mm-hmm. um, I hope Kalen DeVore is the same way because we fucking suck. But, <laughs> um, but uh, I loved um, Coach Peterson's commit. And no, DeVore is committed to DB room because we have, I think, three, four star defensive backs coming in this year. So um, we're obviously committed to um, making sure that it's turned out. No, we have two, and then Leroy Bryant should be, but. I think Leroy Bryan is our second or third best commit, by the way. I am really impressed by Leroy. I keep forgetting that he's not like a highly rated player because he is literally he's probably my favorite recruit. Um, you know what makes me mad? Lincoln Keenholz keeps going up in the rankings, and I think it's because he's gonna flip to Ohio State. <laughs> he has gone since the smoke started from 381 to 463 with or from 465 without playing the game. Anyways, I need to pick this game. Um, I've got Oregon, unfortunately, because just because I think that they beat Oregon State by a little bit running the football, which is hard to do. But Oregon 20 – this is going to be a weird score game. Just definitely. There's no chance it's not. So I'm going to say 26-23, to 23, Oregon beats the Beavs. Okay. Um, that's fair. Yeah, that's very fair. Um. So my thought process all week is you don't want to play in Reeser. That's not a fun place to be. You've seen how good that defense has been um, at home this season. And you really hate that Bo Nix is not 100%. You saw it last week. Their run game was still successful, but they are not the same team in the things that they do in terms of running the football without Bo Nix being um, that big of a threat. And so I think for Oregon State, you have to make Oregon one-dimensional. You want Bo Nix to throw the football. Um, and you want to get pressure in his face because you've seen when quarterbacks have injuries, especially their lower extremities, they're a lot more hesitant to step into throws because, I mean, they can't. And then you've got pressure in your face, too. There's no chance. You get, you get the guys falling away from their throws, and then you, you really set yourself up for success. So I think those are things that you really want to see. You want to make Oregon one-dimensional and put pressure in his face. Because um, I, I really do think ankle injuries are really, really not fun at all. And like I said last week, they just were not the same football teams in terms of the things they do running the football. So I think that's got to be important. Um, for Oregon State, uh, as Clamp said, as good as Oregon is running the football. Uh, ben Branson has been solid these last few weeks. He's really improves week in, week out. Um, if we see another improvement, I think they're going to be able – it's, it's going to be a threat. It has to be a threat for Oregon State that they want to win this game because they can't just – Run the ball down Oregon's throws because they are. I think that's something that you're going to be able, you're going to have to mix it up. Um, you know, I think that they can. So, um, with all that being said, I think Oregon State takes it home by a score of 29 um, to Oregon's 24. W. Right. That's a massive W, Jackson. I respect it. I like that pick. I like Oregon State quite a bit. Um, 
whether they finish this year eight and four or nine and three, it's an improvement from last year. Um, the recruiting just keeps getting a little bit better and a little bit better. This year it got a lot bit better because I think like the top three or four guys that I watched, um, Howard, Chili, um, Childs, um, I really like Jacob Anderson and um, Dorian Thomas as well. Oh, and Andre Piper Jordan. There's a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, Childs, uh, speaking of Childs, he is enrolling in January. That's nice. big. That's a big yeah, uh, I, his his his, his mom posted that on Twitter the other day, and Kelsey is fully locked in. He what did he sent me an Oregon diss track today that he made. <laughs> so I don't I don't I don't see him committing. Wait, you gotta I, hear it. You gotta play it on the podcast. I'll, I'm posting it tomorrow on my. Okay. Instagram nice. post, like like okay. a little like twenty second snippet of it. Are you posting it? Um, are you posting it if you win, or are you posting it anyways? Anyway, you gotta. Post I it anyway. I'm gotta probably gonna post, post like like an uh, it, it, there there is there's like a twenty some second snippet on my on my game day post. You know, I usually do that second slide of like the yeah, high video. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. it, instead of the heat track, it's the it's a diss track. Oh, I, I didn't even mention um Montreal. Montreal hat and I really like that him. dude is a dog. Yeah, he's also um, he's doing it in Texas. Prayers right? and condolences to Montreal's family. His dad passed away last week. Oh Montreal. bro. Yeah. Uh yeah. That's yeah, that's dark, people. but yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah. On the football side, that's a guy you got over Arkansas who legitimately wanted him. That's a win for Oregon State to be re- out recruiting any SEC team. And we did receive two commits last week. They weren't big ones. We flipped Jermont McCoy from Tulane, who I didn't expect at all. Where we did not even have a commit post. I heard no smoke about it at all, and it just happened. Uh, I'll take it. And then Abraham Johnson, who was a massive project. I don't know how. Whereas only P five offer, which is a little scary, but I mean, it, yeah, it, I mean, it's it it, it it it's a D tackle body, and we'll take it. Right with linemen, you take you take what you can get sometimes. Um, just size. All right. We got a game to get into. Um, pretty good one in Pullman, Washington. Kalen DeBoer takes his Huskies into Pullman for the first time of his career. You know, Connor, um, you can, um, you can get us started with your, um, <laughs> synopsis of this game. Then me and Jackson will go at it. Yeah, I think Jackson will take very long time on this. No, one. and I don't blame y'all at all. I took a long time on the Civil War one for for me. Um, I like both of these teams a lot right now. I especially the way Washington State's kind of had like a re like a like a revive in their like whole team in general. I think their defense has been continuing to do their thing. I like it a lot. Their offense has been uh, what I thought they would be at the beginning of the season. They're finally turning it up a little bit. Cam Ward's playing a lot better, although he's still having his Cam Ward moments. Uh, he's still playing a lot better than he was against against teams like Idaho and Oregon State, and I like that a lot. It just all of, this game's in Seattle. Well, no, this game's in this game's in it's it, it's in Pullman. Yeah, sorry. Um, I've been back and forth on this one more than the Civil War. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um. I like both of these teams a ton. Like I said earlier, I think Washington's pass offense is one of the best in the country. Um, and although it is not that big of a feat to get past Oregon's pass offense, I think the way they did it was like insane, especially in an atmosphere like 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 Austin Stadium. Um, but in games like Pullman, in 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 stadiums like Pullman. 
And when those Washington State team is playing like the way they are right now, and this defense is stepping up, this offense is stepping up, I could see an upset happening. But I'm going to finally twist around with my gut. I'm going Washington 32-28. to 28. That's a good pick. That is a I'm, great I'm, pick. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jackson. I just died. All I just, right. I, That's a good I'm pick. I'm dying here alone. I love, I love being the lone wolf. So even <laughs> I was 6-0 last week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well. Jackson is the, is, is, is the pack leader. He's the lone wolf. Yeah, yeah. I am the leader of the pack. Talk to me nice. Leader of the pack, but I'm the leader of the predictions. And here I go with this one. Um, Fraud. Okay. <coughs> Anyways. Um, well, the X's and O's of this game are important. Both the offensive coaching and the defensive co- The offensive coaching of Washington and the defensive coaching of Washington State are exquisite, I would say. Um and I would say Washington's defense, yes, they gave up 34 to Oregon, but since the Arizona game, they've every game they've done better than I expected them to do, which is not a lot. But, um, but they've been fine. They've been serviceable. And that's all I need, dude. That is all I need from this defense to is to – and, you know, for all the crap I give them, they are the number four defense in the Pac-12. This is just not a good defensive conference um, at the end of the day. Um, nope. This team at Washington, you know, the one thing I'll give this defense that's, like, really good is the pass rush between Braylon Trice and Jeremiah Martin. Um, yeah. They get after it. Those two get after it. Um, ZTF and ZTF's not a bad guy to rotate in, and Zion, of course, he was a star. Um, it's so, it's so weird how that works, man. Yeah, like, and now he's just a being a rotational. Edge. Yeah, that's just so weird. But that's just really the player I always thought he was. Yeah. To be honest, like going into that year, I was like Zion could come off the bench and be something, and then he was like, oh my gosh, Zion's really something. Um, yeah, and of course, I mean, it was only but so many games, but he was really impressive. In those games. Yeah. And I think Washington, um, the future of the edge rushers is getting, or and even the interior guys is really starting to look bright because Mo Mo Himes got his first career sack um, against Colorado. That's something I needed to mention when I was doing recaps. Mo Himes got his first sack, and then he went into my DMs and started gassing it up. Um, You're trying Mo to gas. <laughs> Trying to guess it up. No, he's probably not going to play a whole lot in the Apple Cup until the fourth quarter when we're up big. Um, Jacob Bandis also got his first career sack, and he's like 500 pounds, so that's good for him. I'm surprised he made it to the backfield. Um, sorry, Jacob. My bad if you're listening. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Um, so, yeah, Washington, that's one thing they can use against um, Washington State that plays pretty well into it is they've got a really good pass rush. <sighs> Secondary, man. Um, I don't even know who we have at corner going into this game. Um, pretty sure it's Mish Powell and Jordan Perryman again, but it's been different every week, it feels like, for the secondary of Washington. It's been a tough year in the secondary, man. And the blame's got to go to Jimmy Lake. He didn't recruit. Um, we have no, <laughs> we have a former walk on 
FCS transfer and like a two-star true freshman that DeBoer just said, fine, you can join the team. You can join the team. We really are, we're screwed. Um, And I just hope that the freshmen we're bringing in next year, that we need them to be instant impact players. I think Curly, I I think Curly Reed will be. Curly is built for it. He's like a six, he's like six, two college body. um, Right on right side. Who's fast, who's fast enough to keep up with college receivers already. I love Curly Reed and I'm, that's a surprising pickup for Washington. Um, before even playing a game, we got a four-star corner from Louisiana over L- an offer from LSU. Um, yeah, and I don't know if it's a committable offer from LSU, but you know, um, it's an offer nonetheless. Right, and and um, I think that's impressive in itself. Anyways, enough about the UW defense. We're going to talk about the side I actually like watching the offense. Um, Michael, well, I and I think this is the reason we win this. We win the game. Um, is the Jimmys and Joes at the quarterback position between the two teams? I think our quarterback is not just better than Washington State's. I think he's a lot better than Washington State's. I think he is. Um, I think Michael Penix Jr. is just um, drastically superior to Cameron Ward as a football player. And superior is crazy. He is. Um. And I will take – give me any 10 other guys. I will take the guy, the team who Michael Penix Jr. is on over the team Cameron Ward is on. Give me any other 11 guys, and I will take Michael Penix Jr. Because this guy, had, in the last five weeks, no matter who we've been playing, has stepped up in the fourth quarter when it's mattered, and – it's been a sight to see. Now he didn't even play in the fourth quarter. But he did not play in the fourth quarter last year. Yeah. So I guess that doesn't you really count. But um and yeah, one's against Cal and another's against Arizona. But the last two weeks before Colorado, Oregon State <laughs> and Oregon, really solid teams. Um, I'm not gonna act like Bennett Will throwing against Bennett Williams was like that difficult, but um <laughs> But it, 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 it's hard to go to Otson. Like Connor was saying, it's hard to go into Otson and make the, make those throws in those moments. Um, I think Penix is a pretty tough guy to turn over when he doesn't just give you the ball, um, which he's only done six times in 11 games. So. Like a hot knife through butter, man. Right. So, And in the two games we did lose – it was Penix throwing interceptions, key interceptions, including a pick six to ASU off Jackson Kirkland's head. Um, but just a stat to marvel at is he threw seven interceptions at Indiana in like four games last year. And he's got six all year this year. I mean, to be fair, he played Iowa in one of those games. Yeah. Riley Moss might have had two interceptions by himself. Yeah. I mean, Iowa does that to you. By the way, um, Indiana is terrible this year. Yes, they are. Um, without Michael Penix Jr. And ever since uh, one Kalen DeBoer has left, it hasn't been the same. And, um, and, and uh, what's his name? Tom Allen? It's mid. I thought he was going to be so much better than what he is. No, he's, yeah, no, he's not. Yet. He's definitely felt – he felt like kind of like a hype man to me. Anyways, the one-on-one matchups in this wash in this Apple Cup are pretty interesting. I like Derek Langford to guard Romo Dunze all night. Um, there's smoke that Rome's hurt. He's not. That's a lie. 
he was a little like dinged up against Colorado. He's there. There were people saying he might not play. Come on, that's got to be a joke. He's practicing. The the report was Romo Dunze is limited in practice and might not play. Why is he even practicing if he might not play? Like, why would he even be limited in practice? I mean, Rome's going to play, and he's going to play well, I think. He's too good to let a little ding-up change his game. Um, it's Romo Dunze out there, man. Um, it's that guy. Um, anyways, Jalen McMillan, um, you put him on any other team, he's a number one. So, I mean, I'll throw it to J-Mac ten times in this game and feel good about it. Um <laughs> Hey, we got Jalen Polk. He could be a nice guy on any other team too. A nice number one or eh, not a number one. And he's a number two on most teams, I'd say. Yeah. Um Taj Davis, pretty good himself. Um so yeah, I like I like Washington's receivers in this game is the gist I'm getting at. I'm not worried whatsoever about Roma Dunse maybe kind of being somewhat hurt. Um I am worried about the run game because WSU surprised me um, with how good they were against the run against um, Arizona. Not because I didn't think they were good against the run. I just thought Arizona was – I mean, we saw it this week. Arizona's really good at running it, and um, Washington State kind of shut all that down um, for the most part. Wiley broke three free a couple times, but nothing to really, like, get upset about. Dayon Henley is huge, by the way, in real life. Um, really? Yeah, he looks big in pictures. He's got like long extremities, man. Yeah, Dayon Henley, like it's diff it's different in person though. He's just who would I compare him to that I've also seen in person? Um I mean I I saw I didn't see I've never seen Noah Sewell. I feel like I have, but I haven't. Um Noah Sewell's just so big on TV that it feels like I have. Um <laughs> <clears throat> no, um, Dayon Henley looks like how I would imagine Noah Sewell would look in real life. Um, that's how big like Dayon Henley is. He's just a large man. He's fast too. He's probably yeah, he's the fastest fast. guy on that defense. He's an athlete, man. Like I'm even taking the corners in, into consideration. Yeah, he. I mean, um, he genuinely probably is. He, I mean, I can't wait to see him at the next level because he could be like a he could be a star in the NFL. He's gonna be a star um, for the Atlanta like Falcons. Like a God. Like a so Dayon's gonna be annoying. He's gonna be tough to go against. But um at the end of the day, I think there are ways Kalen DeBoer can manipulate him and take it, try to take him out of the game. Um and if that's your game plan, good luck with that. If you're gonna focus yeah. that much on him, good luck with that, because he's still gonna make his plays. Um so I really wouldn't go that in on it. I would just Make him guard your wide receivers, I think, is yeah. your best bet. Make him get deeper into the field and then run a drag route across the field and pick up some yardage that way. Um, get Dayon Henley going. Uh, get him backpedaling, really. Don't let him play Don't let him play downhill because when he plays downhill, especially against your running game, you're not going to get anything going. So that's a guy you got to take out of the – find some way to take out of the game. And the best coaches can do that. They can take the star player of the other team and just make him go away. Um, make him disappear. Um, I'm really interested to see ro- how Roger Rosengarten um, handles Ron Stone Jr. Um, both are all-conference players easily. Um, maybe not first team. Yeah, neither of them are going to be first team. Yeah. But 
Um, they are both all conference players, in my opinion, this year. Um, and Rosengarten, Rosengarten, I would say, might be the most athletic tackle I've ever seen at Washington. Um, which, to be fair, isn't saying too much because Chris Peterson didn't really like that athletic of players. When you think about Washington tackles, you think of like Trey Adams and um, recently Jackson Kirkland, guys that aren't like moving around yeah. that much, more just big bodied um, hulks that just are impossible to get around because um, they're so fat. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but Rosengard's just so athletic and so incredible. Um, and I think that's the perfect match for one Ron Stone Jr. I mean, that's what you want against him is athleticism, not particularly just size because he can get around size. He's just so quick and so potent. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. <coughs> the way these teams match up, and I've been giving a lot of shit saying it's going to be a two-score game. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a real close one. Um, because the way these teams match up, they're pretty parallel. Um, they both do uh, – similarly to Oregon and Oregon State, they've got their strengths and their weaknesses, and whoever can take the other team out of their strengths is going to be the victor. Um, at the end of the day, I'm going to attribute this to my coach and my quarterback being the difference in this game. I think I've got a significantly better coach. I think I've got a significantly better quarterback. And I think that's what's going to um, be the difference maker in what it are two really, really good and equal teams. I'm going to take Washington. Washington's going to win this game 34 to 31. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Um, well, I don't like it because it's wrong, but I like it because of your analytics. Great job. Um, anyway. I think both of these teams are very good at football. Um, as you mentioned, Dayon Henley, I think, is going to be a key in this game. Uh, Jordan Lee is back for Washington State this week, which is massive. Um, like, you look at Jordan Lee in coverage over top as a safety, and then you look at Jaden Hicks. Jaden Hicks is like Bennett Williams, and Jordan Lee is like Kitano Ladapo, like prime Troy Palomalu. Uh, Jordan Lee is really good um, at safety, and he has really been the savior for the secondary um, when when things break down for Washington State, and I think that's going to be huge. Um, and that's not to say Jaden Hicks is bad, but he's not the cover guy that Jordan Lee is, and, which is, and we need a cover guy in this game. We need somebody who is not going to let guys behind them. It's going to clean up things that get behind, that gets behind them. And it's not like he can't play in the box either, because he can. Um uh, like I said in my keys to victory post, I think that you've got to make Washington one-dimensional. You've got to get them behind the sticks early and force them to make quick decisions in the pass game. Um, Rosengarten versus um, Ron Stone is going to be an exciting matchup to watch. But then you have to think about the other side. When uh, Brendan Jackson comes off that edge, that's going to be an important matchup. Uh, so Washington State's going to have to collapse the pocket for Penix and force him to make quick throws because if you think back to some of those really bad decisions that Penix has made, it's been when he has to make a quick decision and he thinks he's got that read when really the, the cap just is not there. Um, so Day and Henley, I think, is going to be really important in that. And then, Clamp, you also mentioned our secondary, uh, Derek Langford, Shaw Smith-Wade, uh, Armani Marsh, 
Um, I think all three of those guys are very talented, and I think Pittsburgh had Washington State might not be able to overtop Washington's receivers, but I think that they can match them similarly to kind of how we did last week against Arizona. Um, Sam Lockett's been an underrated piece in the secondary for Washington State. He had two interceptions last week. He's been a very solid safety, and I think he's going to be important on that other side from Jordan Lee, kind of cleaning things up uh, when they break down. Uh, you've got, like I said, you've got to make plays quick for Washington. I don't think that they can be long, uh, continuous plays where you just let Penix make a make a play when things break down. I think they have to be quick and ugly. Um, I think that you're able to do that offensively. Uh, the secondary for Washington's not very good, and so that's why I think. Your run game is going to be very important because the pass rush is really good for Washington. Get those guys coming downhill and run right at them. That is the best best way that you attack an aggressive uh, pass rush, and I think that you're going to be able to do that because the running backs for Washington State in recent weeks have been phenomenal. Jalen Jenkins um, was really good when Nikhil Watson was out. Nikhil Watson comes back. He's been really good. Um, so I really do think that you're going to have to be able to run the ball consistently um, and comfortably, and I think that you're going to be able to do that. Uh, when you, like I said, when you pass the ball, you've got to go downfield. You've got to be continually aggressive because I think that you're going to be able to find success when you do that uh, with Dejan Stripling, um, with Donovan Ali. Let your big guys make plays. I don't think this is going to be a, a Robert Farrell, Lincoln Victor game. I think it's going to be a Donovan Ali, um, Dejan Stripling just being bigger and the man opposed from them. I think this game's going to be very good. I, re- I really do. I think these are two teams that oppose each other very well, and I think things that Washington State struggles with, Washington does well. The things that Washington struggles with, the things that Washington State um, does well. Um, I, I really do think that this is just going to be one of those games where each team answers time and time again. Um, and I think in the end, Washington State's defense is going to be able to do just enough, just enough, whether that be forced to turn it over, uh, whether it be get off the field on the fourth down, um, get off the field on the third down, which is going to be very important. I didn't mention that, but that has to happen. Um, and special teams, neither of us mentioned this, but special teams is very important. I think both teams have good kickers, which is important. I don't know how good Washington's punting is, so they don't do it very much. Uh, but Nick Haber is very, has been very, very good this season of flipping the field, so that's going to be important. There's going to be things like that, that that this really comes down to. And I think, like I said, I think Washington State's defense gets to the edge late. I'm going to go ahead and go Washington State. <sighs> 41 to Washington's 38. What? 41-38. Oh, okay. Audio cut out. I thought you just said one. I was like, what? Yes, one to nothing. Washington State. All right. Um, I'm going to counter because you said Washington State's defense gets the edge late. Let me tell you, if we're down okay. one score – and it's my offense against your defense. We are going to score. I promise. I promise. I, I have seen three straight games from Washington State's defense. Um, that tells me I should be very comfortable with everything that they do. Those guys are really good. Man. Those guys are really good on that side of the football. And something that I didn't mention is with that hot streak that Washington State's had, uh, they've gotten going early in games. Um, if that happens here, I think that you feel pretty good in, in about your defense Wait. getting stops late. The game's on ESPN? I thought it was on Fox. No, it's ESPN. Oh, that My ESPN's like hella behind. I'm not even going to be in chat during the game. 
I'm not even worried about it being behind. I think Fox just has a better broadcast now. I'm just glad I don't have to. I don't have to listen to Rod Gilmore. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be there. I don't have to actually listen to him. Yeah, yeah. I'm but, glad I don't um, have to listen to him. Period. Just I'm mute not the... watching. I'm not watching this before. I'm gonna be at another point. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. Like I said, if if it comes down to our offense is on the field down by three. You left Michael Penix too much time. What was he cooking? He thinks yeah, he's Aaron yeah. Rodgers. He thinks he's oh, Rodgers. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say, Travis, you just left Michael Penix too much time, and I'm going to be. And it's going to be sick when he throws the ball at the hot neck through butter straight in Jay on his hands, and that's the end of the game. It's straight to Boosmans? Dayon Henley. That's Man, it. You picking anyone off. Okay, brother. I'm getting the pick in this game. Dorian Singer and Jacob Cowing hit a thousand yards today. Yeah. By Ooh, like Dorian season. Singer got um he actually Dorian Singer ended up being the leader for Arizona in receiving this year. Um, he passed Jacob Cowing in the last game. <coughs> I still think Cowing in the Pac-12 until Rome Magunze puts 200 on the tubes. I still think Cowing is wide receiver one this year for the Pac-12. I probably agree, but Dorian Singer. I think Dorian Singer in the second half of the season though was better than Cowing. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, Michael Penix still has 400 more yards than um, Caleb Williams and Jaden Delora because we can't run the ball. I think because Jaden Delora is horrible at football, and he all he does is just throw it around like a junkyard dog. Wow. His, throwing, his throwing motion is so violent. It, it is, is very violent. Yeah, it's really loose too. He's it's, not even, it's not even like a hot knife through butter. It's like a like a cold knife trying to stab into a brick wall. <laughs> yep. Uh, Clark Phillips got an interception. Kind of like fuck you, Clamp, for not putting me on your all yeah. first team. Um, sorry, Clark Phillips, but, but boy, he's a playmaker. I just, yeah, he jumped that route like hell. I was really impressed. He is such a fucking playmaker. He it's reminds me a lot of Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters and honestly Trayvon Diggs just jumping routes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes trying a little hard, too hard to jump those routes, but when it works. But Clark Phillips, the weird thing about him is he isn't really prone to getting beat. Oh, either. I think he really gets beat. I think he's just a yeah. really good corner. Falcons just, legend, sir. He is. Did you just say Falcons again? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, not everyone's going to play for the Falcons. By the way, um, Christian Gonzalez, I still think Christian Gonzalez has probably been my favorite corner to watch this year. Just the physicality he brings. Man, I love Christian Gonzalez as a player. Um, Alex Austin better. Hey, I'll take Christian Gonzalez over all of them. Didn't you put Austin as your cornerback one? Did I? I mean, I I, I think I just put both of them. As a... Hold on. No, I, I just had both of them on the team. Shake Milton had a triple-double today. Bam, at 40, so honestly. <coughs> oh, oh, no, Jeremy Grant also had 40, so I don't care. 24, 10, and 9 for Shake Milton. Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons combined for 88 points. We we beat the Magic by 8. The Bull Bull led Magic. They had Paulo and Franz Wagner. 
<laughs> Jalen Suggs is trash. I thought he was getting going, but he slowed back down. He's give him more time. Yeah, he, he's got Trans. zero points as a starter, bro. Well, how much more time do I need to give him this year? You're not going to playoffs this year. <laughs> he plays for the Magic. He'll never go to the playoffs. Bro, he's just uh, – he's improved enough this year to say, like, let's give him another year, I guess. I don't know why the Magic aren't aren't playing RJ Hampton. It's literally just making them worse. I mean, he played more than Jalen Suggs in this game. He got 29 minutes. Oh, never mind. I guess they're playing now. I don't pay attention to Magic basketball. I just saw a tweet from Kenny Beecham saying they need to play him more. So, yeah, I think he was kind of booping today about um, on the Sixers, and that's why they left him in. He does mm-hmm. need to play more. Man, mm-hmm. did you say uh, who got forty for the Jeremy Grant scored forty four? Yep. <laughs> oh, it doesn't count. He shot twenty eight free throws, bro. Ugh. Who cares? It, it counts. It, it counts when Embiid does it. Okay, but Embiid's fat, bro. That's Embiid's game. Yeah, he's bad, bro. He, he shot 28 free throws, bro. Don't foul him. Simple. Jamie foul baiting Jamie ass Jeremy Grant, bro. Come on. Boom. Boom. Clap. Foul baiting ass Jeremy. Oh, I'm Boo. more impressed with Ian Simon scoring 38 than I am Jeremy Grant. It's him. I'm, I've been saying, dude. I, I, uh, I'm not impressed with Jeremy Grant scoring my friend, fun, my friends and I back home have been like ant super fans since he got on the team, and we're like we we are like his biggest fans. So like everything oh, he does good happens. Portland drafting him, um, and they were like telling the story about Anthony Simons, and I was like, okay, maybe this is a, maybe there's some potential. Um, yep. And lo and behold, he's actually really good. You know, was really good in the league. Um, Benedict, Benedict Matherin is putting yep. together. Nice season. His confidence time. is there. Yeah, I mean he'll go he'll go head to head with anyone. I think he got up in KD's face today. Also, um, Shaden Sharp looks really nice so far. Like he yeah, still has some a lot of stuff to work on, but his potential is through the roof, dude. Uh, but when he gets going, he could be a player for Portland. I think he needs to take more shots, be more aggressive. <coughs> I agree. That he's such a young kid that it's kind of hard. He is also a forward, and when Dame is out, Jeremy Grant likes to take over and win games yeah. for us like this. Yeah. Yeah, free throws, yeah, I don't care. He's worth 44 <laughs> points. Also, shout-out to Josh Hart for 19 rebounds. He had 19? What the hell was that game? Uh, Josh Hart uh, – okay, so Josh Hart – is an insanely good rebounder for a guard. Like he, he averages, he average like eight rebounds a game the other yeah, year, and he had nineteen today. Yeah, he's like, he is an, I know that Josh Hart is like like he is the, the like he is the definition of hustle player. I, you know, RJ Barrett's a good player to evaluate. He's like good, but he's dog shit at the same time. Yeah. Like, when I watch R.J. Barrett, I'm always like, this guy fucking stinks. But when I see his stats, I'm like, hey, R.J. Barrett had a good game. <laughs> the the Seattle um, Kraken are really good this year oh, so God. far. They beat Vegas for the first time in team history today. I, I, thought I, I thought I'd pay attention to Seattle because I like Seattle Kraken, but, like, I have not watched a single game this year. I just I've don't like hockey. Like three, but – so not a lot either. But I like that hockey's ESPN. There's yeah. always like some sort of hockey game. I love playoff hockey. I playoff. can't say I'm like, I can't say I'm like locked into. Yeah, I do like playoff hockey, but regular season. season. 
I'm more locked into college basketball than pro hockey right now. Calvin Jackson Jr. is my idol. I love that man to death. He commented, Calvin Jackson Jr., he commented on, like, keys to victory post and said it was on point. I love him. I want to marry him. Is he still on the team or is he on, like, a practice squad? No, he's on the uh, Dolphins. I guess he's on the Dolphins active roster. He was on the sideline, like, weeks ago. So isn't River Craycraft on the? No, he he's gone, right? No, he's on the active roster. No, he's on the active okay. roster. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, uh, also shout out to Isaiah Hodgins. He's finally getting his shot. He scored against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and he got called back, and I was infuriated. But he's now that he's on a team that isn't the most stacked wide receiver possible, like the Bills, he is actually able to show how good he is. And that happened to River Craycraft on his first career touchdown. He caught mm-hmm. it, but then like dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't yeah, even drop it. Did score. Well, he yeah, like, uh, stepped out of bounds, didn't he? Or something like that. I, I uh, remember it was on like. Was, no, the flag was on him. It was like a legal man downfield, wasn't it? No, because yeah. it, no, it was against the. Uh, it was the Packers. It was, it, he was with the Niners. It was against the Packers. I think this was twenty twenty, and I can't remember the play. I think it was a Thursday night game. I just remember he like went up, and I guess he didn't get both feet down. Like he dropped it at the end or something like that. Because oh, I, I remember, yeah, because I remember Mina Kimes tweeted and said that touchdown shouldn't count just because his name is River Craycraft, and I was like, wow. Like that was like the first L Mina Kimes has ever taken in her life. She hurt my feelings, bro. W Mina Kimes. She, I'm guessing that's the U Dub fan in her. Yeah, Mina Kimes is the goat. I like that woman. Yeah, I. Isaiah Hodges is probably my favorite, like probably my like third favorite Beaver ever. I don't know why, but he just is. Um, and, because he was your only player in 2019 and 2018 and 2020. Yeah. And, I, guess, uh, I guess Jamar Jefferson was, was good. Well, yeah, no, no, yeah, sorry, Jamar Jefferson. Well, I mean, he's he's on the Mount Rushmore for State running backs. I mean, it's not really debatable. Um, and that's a lot of history right there. Ken Simonson, Stephen Jackson, yeah. um, Jaquiz sure. Rogers, yeah. We, we, we are elite at developing running backs. I'll say I that. I think sure. Damian Martinez, though, is going to pass up Jamar Jefferson. I think he will, too, especially the way he's playing right now. He has he has the NFL build as a freshman, and I find it crazy how our, he, his three Power 5 offers were Kansas, Texas State, and, and, and us. Dude, me, too. Like, watching Damian Martinez from high school, I was like, okay, this guy may have something here. And- I think – the way he was under recruited is because of what division he played in for Texas high school football. Louisville isn't that high division. Still Texas, man. I feel like coaches needed to really t- doing. Yeah, um, and he scored five touchdowns. He, he scored five touchdowns with a broken hand in the playoffs. Um, I doubt. I, I really don't see Damian Martinez e- even being like one of those guys that would leave a team because he's so. He just just doesn't see. And, and of course, Oregon State's shown to involve him and be good enough to where he could just stay and make make the NFL. He can be developed there. Any yeah. running back really under Jonathan Smith is off to a good start. Um, he's really good with freshman players because yeah, Miles Gaskin was very young when Jonathan Smith was our OC, and Miles mm-hmm. Gaskin had a thousand yard season as a freshman, true freshman too. Just coming right into college as a five nine back, and he was ready to go. Miles Gaskin is he still in the NFL? Yeah, uh, I think he was on the Dolphins practice squad the last time I saw. Gotta be somewhere. Yeah, he is still in the Dolphins. He's (coughs) yeah, he's active. Woo! (laughs) He has four carries for nine yards this year. Yeah. All right. 
I gotta head out. I'm. I gotta go to bed. I gotta leave yeah. at seven in the morning tomorrow for the game. <laughs> All right. Oh, see you guys later. That was fun. It was. Right. Good episode. Peace. Peace. Peace.